This podcast was brought to you by Good Episode Productions. Live forever. You guys know the song Walter Reed? No. No. Oh, I enjoy that song, (laughs) but it's, you know, that's the presidential hospital. And I'm just, the song's like, take me to Walter Reed tonight. So I'm just, I'm just trying to brainstorm a version of that song where it's like, kill him at Walter Reed tonight Ah, or something. Is that a song? I've never heard it. Oh, it's a good song. I don't know what it's about. I think a relationship. They it's about usually are. It's about, uh, it's about a man uh, farting himself to death from a new kind of COVID. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. I did want to start this episode off by saying, guys, mm-hmm. I want you to remember we're talking about Faust and not <laughs> the Mask of Red Death. <laughs> Nothing about the current world has any relation to the story The Mask of Red Death um, so I just want you all to keep that in mind as we proceed. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, because Eric is so much actually like Faust. It's mm-hmm. amazing how closely he follows the, the original story, and it's exactly the same almost. You you mm-hmm. can barely notice the difference. Yeah. That was my favorite bit in Faust, when he went to the uh, uh, racist um, semi-Mayan uh-huh. society and, you know... We I can't don't already talk about sacrificed. the book. We're still... We haven't even clapped. Spoilers. (laughs) It says, no matter how uh, presidential you may be, sometimes you always fart yourself to death. That is what the quote says on time.is. That is what it says. It's Um, exactly that. That's crazy. It's true. It's it's fucked up that the quote says, no matter how coffee it gets, (laughs) no matter how tiny your hands are, Trump always comes. Um, I wonder if that's about Donald Trump. Mm. I'm just it's reading. Trumpeting of the angel of death's <laughs> trumpet. Uh-huh. I'm laughing. I'm hooting and hollering. You're having yeah. a bit of a fun time with it. You know, it's not something to laugh at. It's a very serious uh, No, but we, we have such a twisted, irreverent sense of humor, all of us collectively. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. yeah. Buckle up, chuckle fucks. <laughs> Let's get into the details of Trump farting himself to death. I think it's interesting how the quote on Time.is says, um, and darkness and decay and the red death held um, illimitable dominion over the Rose Garden Party. That's interesting. You see, uh-huh. I've only wow. just learned what the mar- mask of red death is about. Yes, yeah, I like I this Aubrey. I like this Aubrey Beardsley illustration of it. <laughs> it's good. It's a good I, story. I did read like some poll, but like he wrote so much, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying there's nothing there's nothing in the current world as it stands today um, on the 3rd of October 2020, yes. which has Day anything to do with, with an upper class shutting themselves away from a transmittable disease and then eventually somehow the disease getting into their fancy party and them all succumbing to it. There's nothing that's similar. Yeah. There's nothing that's way. similar and there's definitely nothing funny about that situation either. You know, there's nothing funny about a bunch of rich people who are trying to kill everyone else in the world suddenly um, getting that same yeah. disease. That's not but it's, funny. But it's not like... It's not like that at all, but ac- it's it's very funny because it's not like that at all. But in fact, it's uh, what's actually happening is that a uh, fucked up bird is like knocking at Trump's window. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. You know, there's all th- there's been all these pictures of him leaving to go to the hospital, and there was definitely one where there was like a bird on the top of the helicopter that was uh-huh. it was just screaming like a word at him. 
Um, and there's been speculation about what it's saying uh, on various tweets, but there's yeah. there's no way to know for certain. It would be it wouldn't be funny at all if like he ended up like uh, buried somewhere, but his heart would still be beating. Okay, so the yeah. Wikipedia the Wikipedia <laughs> yeah. page for the Mask of Red Death um, it ha- in the See Also section it has the Rose Garden Massacre, which is the super spreader event where he got COVID. <laughs> Does it? <laughs> really? Someone's put that in there. That's incredible. That's <laughs> frankly, yeah, that's beautiful. This is art. Yeah, no, Trump's Trump's getting in this helicopter and it's he he, he looks up at this bird and he says, "Tis some bird entreating entrance at my helicopter door. Some late visitor <laughs> entreating entrance at my helicopter door. This is it." And Kofefe. <laughs> <laughs> that's what he says. Uh, it's yeah. a bit like say if donald trump were to wake up somewhere and he didn't know where he was and he was tied to this like uh, slab and there was this big big pendulum with a blade that was swinging getting closer and closer to him but on that blade was written covid19 yeah and it, it looks like um like a ben garrison cartoon where the blade yeah. just got covid written on it and then there's a big pit and the pit says like 2020 election on it yeah <laughs> And Hillary Clinton is going, <laughs> child's blood. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just simply, yeah, but today we're doing Faust, not that. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think I'd like to say to the listeners, uh, on behalf of all of us, happy day of German unity. Yeah. Happy <laughs> day of German unity. It's been yeah, great. I've been celebrating unity. it by... Not being able to go to the grocery store for the entire weekend. Is that what happens? <laughs> no, well, you should have just gone to the Getranka like Market earlier. So it's, you know, when I was in school, I always hated when holidays were on a Saturday. Mm. Because I got robbed of an entire holiday. Yeah. Uh, you could have had a day off school, but... Yeah. Mm. But now I'm like, I don't have, I don't have any work, so... <laughs> <laughs> no matter which day it's only th- the fact that stores are gonna be closed it's mm. like when um when one of the royals gets married on like in the christmas holidays or something and it's like don't do that it's like and... can you please do this in like the worst period yeah. Of working yeah so that i can at least have two days off because you're getting married do they do it on a bank holiday last time for royals like... marrying that's so fucked up yeah we live in a freaky freaky well, kingdom when when the queen dies we'll get a whole week off unless you work oh in a bar God. in which case i imagine it oh, might actually be, be the worst period of your life <laughs> i know i'm so hyped are you like really disappointed that she's still alive and didn't die when you were in school i'm i'm disappointed uh... that she's alive every single day of my life <laughs> I'm just disappointed that she didn't die when um, there was that leaked soldiers WhatsApp group that was just like the, the profile was a dick pic. Like, <laughs> I believe that Baza, like, so hard. Queen's died, mate, so we got to go up London in your number threes. Kind of thing. Yeah, I, I believed in it. I was convinced it was true and it wasn't. I was heartbroken. I couldn't yeah, believe it. <laughs> I don't know what I'll do to celebrate. Something, something fucked up, probably. Have a big Yeah, I'm going to do something, something we really fucked up. Just some real sicko shit, you know. Like, sicko shit. Queen dies. All right, gang. Let's go sicko mode. Let's go. What if we have a cake in the shape of the queen, and whatever way she dies is how the cake is sort of set out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so 
so she has a heart attack that's like got a heart bursting out of the cake. Um, Well, that that only works if she dies of natural causes. What is say that there is a revolution in that time and she gets beaten to death while swinging from a lamppost? Then do we get a piñata? What are we saying? (laughs) Well, that's sort of the party in itself, so we don't really need to have a party in that situation. Uh I see, I see. The party's already happened. Yeah, anyway, this is all parody redacted in Minecraft or whatever, yeah. we're not. Yeah, know. this isn't actually going to happen. I'm not that saying be fucked up. swing the queen from a no. lamppost and hit her like a piñata. <laughs> I'm just saying yeah. that that's a potential thing that could happen. Yeah, I'm just saying it could happen, but not that we're forcing yeah. it. <laughs> that would be crazy. It'd be crazy if we killed the queen, I'm just saying. I mean, it's almost a waste to kill the queen. Yeah, she's you know? so old. Go after Andrew she, instead if you're going to swing Yeah, anybody. if we if we killed Andrew, that would just be like, you know, the people taking a stand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, mm. Killing the queen just, seems kind of pointless. We could just put him in a really hot room so he can't sweat. Well, he can now. <laughs> he used to not be able to sweat, and then he That's magically true. regained it um, with the power of time. Um, <laughs> well, like, Andrew, this this might look like an execution chamber, but it's actually mm-hmm. a Pizza Express. <laughs> <laughs> How would you feel Leatherhead? about killing one of the young sexy royals? Um... Mm. No, Will William can die. Could uh-huh. die, parody redacted. Because um, I think he's just his dad. Megan, mm. um, she's still a celebrity, which I hate, but definitely not up there with the rest of the royals. And even Harry seems to be realising things, although I still hate him. Yeah. Mm. Um, <laughs> Kate, I'm not so sure. You know, I feel like she'd bully me. Kate feels like a sociopath. I have no evidence to back this up, but I firmly believe it. <laughs> okay, we're going full on Red Scare this week. <laughs> um, we are Red Scare, actually. Welcome, this... my, my slurs. That's uh, why I put so much vocal fry into my voice, is because I really want to be on Red Scare. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> oh, God. Welcome to Praxis Cast. Well, I can't believe we'd have to cancel you then. That's why I'm becoming sexy, so I can go on Red Scare. <laughs> I love the Red Scare girls so much. I think they're just like bizarre in every conceivable way. I love the way they sort of veer towards trad wifeism. It it feels like it should be so counterintuitive, and yet it makes so much sense. Mm. <laughs> I mean, they're kind of like. I, now that you mentioned that, I kind of understand your whole thing about finding weird men hot because they also like one of them also had that tweet about how Slavoj Žižek and Steve Bannon all are extremely sexually hot and uh, <laughs> Steve Bannon Žižek isn't hot yeah she she said that Zizek's both of them hot. have the exact Zizek's same gross hot. sexual energy that is irresistible Žižek think- looks I've said this before Žižek looks like he's um midway through a really bad episode of food poisoning in every yeah. single photo that's ever taken of him he's like pale he's sweaty his hair's sticking to his forehead he looks really tired I... steve bannon looks like food poisoning he does steve bannon is terrifying to me Zizek looks like he probably fucks good i'm sorry i i hate that you said this <laughs> i disagree he probably with you, doesn't but... though he wrote so much about the theory uh behind fucking but like not so theory the of like how to do it but the theory of like the cultural theory behind it that uh i don't believe he'd do a good job at it yeah i mean look no one no one could write so much about something without actually being good at it 
I <laughs> yeah. Listen, that's I definitely just think, true. I just, I just believe it. I just see him and I believe it, and I don't want it to be true, but I sense it's, that it is. <laughs> I think I kind of agree with you, Lisa, uh, Charlotte. It's definitely not true, and I think you should like stop believing in that. I don't think that's good for you. But I believe in many things that aren't good for me, and yet I persist. Um, that's right. She she persisted. Okay. <laughs> and once again, I wonder if you actually believe it, or if it's just a bit you're doing that you uh, pretend the, to believe it is... to get a reaction out of us. It's bits all the way down, Janosch. But that's most of my most of my personality are bits that you're not sure if they're real or if I actually believe them. Yeah, exactly. If you do a bit long enough, it becomes your personality. It's like when I started yeah. saying like "ha ha, sick" as like a making fun of TikTokers kind of way, and now I just do that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like when I when I was like ironically making minions memes, and now I just like them. <laughs> Banana. <laughs> Charlotte's a bit like an onion. It's just bits, bit layers, <laughs> all the way down to, to a side core of the, the, the original bit. You're like, what happens if you remove this bit and it's the final bit and there's just nothing inside? Um, <laughs> and actually, it was all just bits layered over some sort of ephemeral disease, like the end of the Mask of the Red Death. Um, yeah. wow. uh, Which is not what we're talking about back. today. We're talking about Faust. We're talking about Faust, actually. Um, We're talking about one brave man sent by Christ to save the American people by farting himself to death. And that's Faust, yes. <laughs> yes, yeah, so, so Faust. Um, uh, I don't know. What, what time are we at? Should I bring us in? Yeah, yeah. yeah okay, I should. Um, okay. <laughs> What's Hell, up, bookworms? <laughs> you did this last time, and it's not funny. <laughs> it's very funny. Um, no, hello. it's good. I like it. Okay. Um, I just like to see people fight. I think George should introduce us this time. I'm going to kill you and no, he, he's not allowed. It's only me. Um. Oh, well. <laughs> this seems like a, I know I've said this before as well, but like a, like a hierarchy. It's not. A pyramid, um, if you will. A pyramid scheme. Um, You're hello. saying that, but I also would be upset if someone took over the news segment for me. Yeah. So. Okay, fair enough. I want to be the first person in the game to say f- I've never really got rinse when totally. He spells really W-I-Z-Z-A-R-D-Z. He's the character who started off the Discworld series. Most important wizard out of anyone I can see. He's a useful character to have around, but he's not one that I personally rate very highly. Rincewind is the top geezer. What can I tell you about Rincewind? podcast hosted by four media critics who are healthy in both mind and body um and this week we are talking about faust no wait we're not we're talking about eric cross out faust on your what books is that by goethe cross out terry <laughs> pratchett goethe and then put terry pratchett and that's what we're talking about 
Um, Gautier. It's by Gautier. Croissant Goth. Remember Croissant Goth? Uh-huh. Uh, who is cross that? Out, we don't know who that is. Cross out a really good book and write. Uh, <laughs> <instead>. <laughs> write the word Eric in big writing, not write Eric word, Trump. Write the words three point five stars on Goodreads. <laughs> right, uh, and it's not the Mask of Red Death. It's and it's not Faust. Actually, it's it's Eric. He, it's it's Eric. He's here. <laughs> Eric. <laughs> Eric. I'm hey. Oh, oh yeah, I'm Charlotte. <laughs> I'm Lucy, upset by this new order that we're introducing ourselves in. Yeah, freaky. And who else is here? <laughs> Hello. This Craig is here. It's also me. Ah, there we go. I thought I thought that there was some sort as, of... as you can see on your screen right now, it's there George. Yeah, I was gonna do a From fun this bit. podcast you're listening to. Um, I'm pleased to announce this week that I'm no longer a misogynist. Um, I've, I've taken, I've taken criticism on board, and I've decided that I'm now a misandrist. Um, and every man who's oh, no. ever said anything is pathetic to me. Okay. Damn, feminism. I was so happy for you for a second, but it sounds like you fell into an even worse. Uh, hole now because, as we all know, men are the most discriminated against minority. You know, uh, I read I read too much feminist literature and it, it went too much the other way and now um, I'm oppressing men wherever I go. Mm. Mm. On Twitter, online, all the time. I'm in their comments, I'm saying, take your shirt off, I want to see them tits. And they're saying, <laughs> uh-huh. please stop objectifying me and I'm like, can't stop, won't stop. You're saying, Dude. can I please see those big juicy daddy milkers? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't go milking daddies. Uh, this is this is not the podcast position. Yeah, this is unless a they're up podcast. for it. That's fine. Um, but this Can would explain, Charlotte, why system? we're pivoting to uh, reviewing the Scum Manifesto from next week, week by um, week, going after each yeah, paragraph. This is, a, this is a Scum Manifesto podcast instead of a yeah. Terry Pratchett podcast. I'm taking off my disguise. It was this all along. I have some like. Uh, theater studies or performance studies uh, <laughs> background on the scum manifesto because we did that mm-hmm. um, that's fun i don't remember much about it though it i, I just remember that everyone was very shocked in our classroom <laughs> they were like uh, killing men oh what they were like, what they want to kill all men that's not th- that's not possible what would happen I think the Scum Manifesto is clearly comedy. <laughs> it's clearly supposed to <laughs> be if, satirical. Yeah, and if you don't take it that way, then you're taking things too seriously. And well, you should lighten up. I think yeah. if, you, if you take it literally, then maybe you're the real misandrist, actually. Mm. I'm just telling all men to smile. <laughs> and at the end of this podcast, we, all, we will all be shooting Andy Warhol, is that correct? I wish. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I wish Andy Warhol could die uh, a second time. <laughs> I th- I forgot that he had already died, and the way you said I wish Andy Warhol could die made me just like <laughs> question for a moment. Can he not? <laughs> <laughs> Andy if is you eternal. Do enough like pretentious art, you achieve godhood status. If he came back to life, I would be the first one to shoot him. Mm. He lives on in his pictures of soup. Yeah, yeah. I look at that soup, soup. and I'm like, "This is art." (laughs) Yeah, this is definitely 
definitely the intention behind the soup was that people look at it and say this is art. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I look at my Funko Pop of Translucent Melisandre and I say this is art to me. Well, that's just true. Yeah. <laughs> I I look at my Funko Pop and I say, "Why what what are you doing with my wife?" You are, <laughs> you are cucking me and it says, "Go away. I'm fucking your wife." <laughs> yeah. I hear they do that. It's like one of the special features they keep trying to get rid of, but it's like like a Furby. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it's it's my um Hulkbuster Iron Man uh, Funko Pop. One of my <laughs> faves too. M- my wife likes it. Imagine being cut by a Furby. I just you couldn't bear the shame, I think. I think you'd Im- immediately have to commit seppuku. <laughs> All right, let's talk about Faust uh Eric. Eric. Oh, uh, Eric. Do we have to okay. say that every has time? Point 2 <laughs> yes. um point 0.2 stars less than Faust by, by Johann Wolfgang von Goethe. It's only a little yeah. bit worse. Yeah. Yeah, um, but I don't know who that is, whereas I do know who Terry Pratchett is, and I'm like, wow, that's a good author. Yeah. Uh, he's the author of the Reinheitsgebot, and I think uh, Luther. Hmm. Okay, before we do like summaries, do we, have, do we have oh, some we have so fun much. reviews? We have a we couple have... interesting ones. I need to, before you do that, okay. I want to bring back a segment that we haven't had in a oh, while. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I know what this is going to be. Yes. It's time. <laughs> hmm. It's time for Shame of the Wind. <laughs> I, I missed this segment. I, I forgot we called I it that. It. That's really good. <laughs> because I caught it that once, and yeah. then there was no more. Well, it's a great name. Content. It's a great name. So thank you. Carry on, King. Yeah. So <laughs> as as you all know, unless unless you're one of our newer listeners, which by the way, thanks for the shout out, Pratchett. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was nice. Yes. Thank you. You're no longer our enemies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For now. Not that you ever were. <laughs> if you're listening. <laughs> we're so approachable. No, no more shall we plot your demise in secret rooms. <laughs> <laughs> if you only jumped on this episode at like... Uh, we had we had one Patrick thing on Weird Sister. So if you only jumped on this episode at like... The Weird Sisters animated movie, which I know... Uh, is like the the one that excited the most people to hear us talk about. So I understand if you jumped on uh, on that episode. Yes, Nanny um, Pog. So yeah, if you don't if you don't know, we're not we're not very big fans of uh, fantasy author um, Patrick Rothfuss. No, but he is a big fan of Terry Pratchett, and he wrote some reviews about his books on our favorite website, Goodreads.com. Mm-hmm. And he did actually wrote a review on um, Eric, mm-hmm. which let me check real quick if this is his only four star review. He gave Raising Steam three stars. Um, Strata doesn't count. That's not a Discworld book. Yeah. And that's the only one. And he gave The Color of Magic four stars out of five. And every, every other book he gave five stars. Um, this one he also gave four stars. Mm. <laughs> Interesting. I gave this one a three personally, which is my lowest feel, so far. Yeah, I feel fair. like it, rating Rays of Steam, raising Steam might be difficult, seeing as he was suffering from severe Alzheimer's. Yeah. Uh, at the time. 
But you know, it's oh. still a book, so you still you still got to be like, is this a good book that hangs together? You know, that is true. It's also just Goodreads. Who cares? Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> it's very important, Yana. His review yeah. on this. Okay. I felt surprisingly lukewarm about this book, given that it's written by one of my favorite authors of all time. Part of this was the fact that it's some of his earlier work. It's odd to think an author's ninth book in a series as early work. In my opinion, his latest stuff was much, much stronger. Already disagree here because we already mm. had Mort and Weird Sisters. And Pyramids, I thought was good. And Pyramids. Pyramids really is good. Um, I think, yeah, I don't think this is like a matter of where it is in the series. I think it's just a not great book. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it seems, well, it's like deliberately a novella, isn't it? It seems. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll get into it. We'll get, mm-hmm. but we'll get to Patrick's real criticisms on this uh, because this is this is where it gets wild. Also, I feel I should mention here that this isn't my first time reading Eric, not my second time either. It was, however, my first time reading this particular version, the illustrated version. And honestly, I think that's the large part of my lukewarm reaction. Not only is it is this book much shorter than usual because it's illustrated. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> but it's illustrated good. by Josh Kirby, Pratchett's first illustrator. While Kirby's illustrations were on the cover of the first Pratchett book I ever picked up, Sorcery Back around 1990, oh, hell yeah. I don't feel much <laughs> nostalgia for them. Instead, uh. I've grown amazingly attached to Paul Kidby, the illustrator who worked with him on The Last Hero and countless other projects. No. Lame. A wrong opinion. Right? It's because Patrick Rothfuss is a boring person and doesn't appreciate uh, <laughs> spilling doesn't folds appreciate of flesh. Art. Yeah. He doesn't appreciate good art. Is the problem? But you like massive bulging uh, anime titties? We're doing this again. Sorry. Yeah. No, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> Just one more paragraph, and then we can discuss this. Is okay. this book worth your time? Yeah, but honestly, I wouldn't go out of your way to find the illustrated version. The simple text version is just as good, if not even better, as there's nothing to distract from the story. <laughs> and I did find Kirby's illustrations, again, not to be confused with Kidby's, to be distracting. <laughs> That's just my opinion, though. I don't claim to be unbiased. Very funny. I, find I like them distracting. He's, he's describing them as distracting, and I, we know for a fact that the illustrations are of. Uh, Ladies with rather large bazoombas. <laughs> In the classic well, one. Uh, Kirby style. Just one. Yeah. Just one, I guess. But you can keep flicking back to it is the thing if you have That's the book. true. <laughs> uh, me, me trying to read Eric, Faust's Eric, and then getting continuously distracted by the fact that I can't stop flipping to the illustration of the woman with really <laughs> enormous mummy milkers. <laughs> Are these are these women, Lucy, with the with the women with enormous uh, bazookas? Um, mm. Do they are they in like really contorted positions where you can see both their their, their bazookas and their uh, rear ends? I wouldn't be well, able to tell you. I didn't have the out. illustrated copy, but I've <laughs> from that one picture. Ideal. That's the only <laughs> that's the only woman with uh, big naturals that uh, <laughs> appears <laughs> in the illustrations. Honestly, and she's more than enough. Yeah, but I appreciate her. I, I respect her right to exist as a woman because I'm a feminist. Her right to exist Thank as you. a woman with large boobs, which really is yeah. something you you ought to have to overcome. But she's decided not to overcome it, so that's good for her. You know, 
Right for women who are nothing more than their enormous. Uh, George, you will be goes. delighted to hear this. He, she, why, why you can't see her uh, juicy, juicy butt? Uh, you can still see her legs being spread out, uh, and oh. uh, and both her feet are visible. So, if you were a massive pervert, you might think it was suggestive. Um, <laughs> But luckily, this podcast is run by very sensible, upright um, young people. Yeah, as that. you know, none of us have ever been horny in our lives. So. I don't know no. what horniness is. <laughs> I am in the process of taking uh, or, uh, my holy orders at a seminary currently, so no horniness here. No. Yeah, I was cursed by a devil when I turned 12, <laughs> and I've never been horny since. <laughs> but don't you, don't you think seminary sounds a bit like semen? What do you mean? What are you, um, what's semen? Semenary. What's semen? I don't. That's true. Every time um, I start to feel stirrings, I punch the wall until I bleed, <laughs> and then I'm fine. Have a good cold shower. I remove a single eyelash um, <laughs> from my eye. I am now merely bald. <laughs> my take on this Patrick Rothfuss review is that he's he's exactly wrong. Like this is kind of amazing how wrong one person can be. He just can't help it. It's part of his charm. Is that he's wrong and also because repulsive. I, <laughs> I don't think this book is very good. No. I don't think this is even worth your time. No, I agree. But the one thing that made it worthwhile was looking at the illustrations. I Yeah, my version was not illustrated, and no, so I missed not. out mm. on yeah, getting some good eye tits. But, yeah, that sounds Oof. about right to me, probably. <laughs> I also did not have the illustrated version. This is the first time I've read it. And I could... I'm not saying that I wish I hadn't read it or that it wasn't worth my time. But mm. I think... I mean, I could have not read it. <laughs> the thing is that Rincewind's books are never the best. And yeah. a, a sort of Rincewind book where not a lot happens and he's sort of the main character or at least one of the main characters there's not a lot to enjoy like there's some fun stuff in here that i thought was like all right but there were a few chuckles <laughs> yeah a lot of the jokes are stuff that he uses better elsewhere I uh -huh. think. yeah mm -hmm. yeah because we like literally in the last book we had funny um ancient yeah. Greek jokes which yeah. we get in this but they're not as good yeah, and they're like yeah. the same jokes for yeah. the most part. <laughs> yeah, genuinely. You know, this is the only time in the books where we get to see hell, which was probably the strongest part of the book with the sort of hell scenes. Oh yeah. Should should I do should we get into it? Yeah, it, it is with that summary, I think. Okay. Um so this book is called Fauststeric. Um <laughs> If we if we all cast our minds back to when we last saw Rincewind, he was uh, disappearing into the dungeon dimensions, and we thought he was dead. You know, I thought he was dead. Nothing we that you guys that ever said to me would tell me that he would come back. So, uh -huh. <laughs> but we find out in this book that he is not in fact dead, but he has managed to survive in the dungeon dimensions, and everyone can hear him running around and yelling for some reason. This never comes up again, but it's probably important. Um. <laughs> <laughs> he appears in a demon summoning circle created by a boy called Eric who wants him to grant his three wishes which are to become the king of all of the known lands of the world 
to meet the most beautiful woman who has ever lived and to live forever. Mm -hmm. And Rinson's like, I can't grant your wishes because I am not a demon. I am just a weaselly wizard boy. Um, also, I don't think you're a real demonologist. I think you're a horny child. <laughs> <laughs> I think you might just be a horny 13-year-old boy. You're just a 13-year-old boy. I think you might boy. just not be a very great character. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he's like, I think you're you're just like a child who wants to see some hot ladies because you can't, you know, there's no access to porn um, and like, more pork. <laughs> so are you saying that if, Ank Morpork had had easier access to porn than this story wouldn't have happened. Rincewind would have stayed in the dungeon dimensions forever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, that would have been better for everyone. <laughs> so I'm an anti-porn feminist now. Um... <laughs> no, I disagree because <laughs> Rincewind coming back from the dungeon dimensions is also the reason why we got the probably very racist book Interesting Times Later, so... Yeah, so without this, we wouldn't have that. So there's no way of saying if it's good or bad. <laughs> um, so Rincewind's like, I can't grant your wishes. Look, I'll snap my fingers. And he snaps his fingers and they end up in some jungle. <laughs> so they're in some sort of weird... Basically the Amazon. They actually mentioned the Amazon and I was like, you can't do that. That's cheating. Because <laughs> he says... Is there any Am- any Amazonian princesses? And I was like, that no, you can't do that, Terry. It's almost as if this book isn't very well thought out. <laughs> but, <laughs> it is like it's been written very quickly. Yeah. Um I mean yeah. I I I think that makes sense what they're saying. Like that just means like warrior woman. Yeah, because yeah. even in the, like the traditional, if you look at like Greek myths and stuff, they would call them Amazonian mm. women, even though they. Oh, okay. From the, yeah, it's an Amazon's. It's yeah, it's, it's it's like a. Yeah. I mean, it's well, still tribe of warrior women kind of thing, which you know I debate the politics mm. of that another time. Well, it doesn't. Well, I will continue. So they end up in like some fake Aztec Inca Maya people. Mm. Who worship a god called Quetzalcoatl? Do you get it? It's and, so um, funny, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I am laughing just thinking about it. Love cats over cattle. It's pretty good, good jokes. And then um, they they are all worshiping uh, Eric because he's their leader and ruler of the known world. And they're like, oh wow, these people just want to do me homage. And then it turns out that they don't want to do that. They're actually going to kill him in a horrible, messy way because they love to human sacrifice. Um, there's also a guy here. He's just an explorer. He's around. His oh, name is Ponce. <laughs> Ponce de Quirm. His name is Ponce de Quirm. It's a good joke. Um, um, it's Ponce de Leon, mm-hmm. who was a, an explorer. Yeah. Yeah. Was he real? Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But luckily they are saved because the king of hell, who has been watching Eric for a while and has been hoping for great things from him, who is a big bureaucrat king who has turned hell into sort of a Kafka-esque nightmare, decides to help them by sending Quetzalcoatl to tell them to stop. But Quetzalcoatl is actually only six inches tall. But then the luggage runs up to find Rincewind and squashes him flat. And so in the ensuing embarrassment, they let Eric and Rincewind go um, and they decide to worship the luggage instead. Um, Rincewind snaps his fingers and now they're in uh, Sort. 
in a big wooden horse because they are actually, um, you know, they're they're doing the sort of Phoebe thing again, um, and it's Troy. Do you get it? Um, and they come out the horse, and they're initially, I don't know, they're captured by some people from the city who think they're Phoebeans, but then the real Phoebeans actually knit round the back, and then we're distracting them with the horse, and Rincewind lets them in. Where he discovers uh, a guy there who's like, I guess he's like Odysseus. I can't remember what his name is. Ulysses. Yeah, Odysseus, yeah. Your Ulysses in Latin. Yeah, but I don't know what he, I can't remember what his like name is in this. Leah something. Yeah, it's like Leosophus. Yeah. But um, Leosophus. he turns out to be Rincewind's ancestor. Um, and they look kind of similar. Rincewind thinks he's very handsome. Um, <laughs> <laughs> He's very smart because uh, he's a coward, so he always wants the easiest solution to everything. Lafiolus. Um, yeah, that's it. They go to find Eleanor of Sort, who is the most beautiful woman ever to exist, obviously. Uh, but she's a bit old now, and she's had a bunch of kids, so she's like not as hot as she was in her youth. And Eric is very disappointed because he wanted to see a sexy woman. He doesn't. Um, he, the thing is, he doesn't know how to appreciate a milf yet. No, mm. he's too young for Mills. Yeah, he's his like, taste looks isn't like refined enough yet. Yeah, <laughs> his brain is too small to appreciate Mills. Laveolus yeah. is, by the way, the name of Odysseus in this one. Laveolus, mm-hmm. yeah. Laveolus. Yeah. yeah, so that happens, and then he's like, "Well, will I get home? You're from the future. How how will it go?" And Rinson's like, "Yeah, eventually. Um, <laughs> yeah, you'll get home. <laughs> you'll get home." <laughs> mm, you very famously you eventually get home um, <laughs> but that basically wraps it up there and then he slaps his fingers again and they end up at the beginning of the creation of the world because he wants to live forever which includes all the time that has ever existed so they have to start at the beginning um, well there they meet the creator who's just like a creator and goes around making worlds which is more stuff that we'll explore in The Last Continent, um, where he's like, yeah, it's fine, you know, it, it's a living. He gives Rincewind a sandwich. Rincewind and Eric are like, oh shit, what are we going to do? But they manage to send themselves back. They manage to send themselves to hell by like reverse engineering a demon circle. Um, and in the process, Rincewind throws the sandwich into a pool where it creates life on Earth, well, on disc. While in hell, they wander around and see that it's all bureaucratic and all the demons are miserable and all the people are miserable because it's all about like making people uh, suffer through boredom and making everything like a combination of horrible office that you have to go to and like long elevator ride um, and also safety briefing. Hell yeah. Everyone's unhappy. But the current king of hell is chasing them because he realized that Rincewind is a human and not like a minor demon. But luckily, the Duke of Hell? I can't remember what his name is as well. There's a lot of names in this. He's a guy. (laughs) He's a guy. Yeah, Um, Duke Vassenego. Yeah, he's been vaguely mentioned in the past, but he's like barely on screen. He comes up with a cunning plan to dethrone the king by promoting him to like president of like shit. And getting him into a room where he gets to have a fun time doing like motivational reports and stuff that will keep him out of everyone's way. And then they can all go back to having a normal time in hell and just doing like conventional torturing. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then they let Rince, Wind, and Two Flower go, and they just a bit with a treadmill. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. It's really very confusing. What was happening in that? Yeah, no scene. idea. It was something like the luggage was on the treadmill and like Rincewind was dangling, so it was like a carrot on the stick thing where it was trying to chase Rincewind and oh. like making the treadmill go. It really mm. didn't like. It was quite yeah. difficult to pass. I think yeah. like a- even for a Terry Pratchett action scene, which his he's usually not great at making the action uh, described in a way that you can follow it, <laughs> even for. <laughs> Even for that, this was one of the more confusing ones. I had no idea. I think it's like in the second part, it's the Caribbean film the, where they're on a water yeah. water wheel. Yeah. And it yeah. and it, it like rolls around. Like yeah. that. But yeah, poorly it was described. Sort of like that. There were some illustrations of this wheel, but I'm also not sure if Josh Kirby fully understood what was going on here. So. <laughs> oh no, he absolutely just writes his own he actually just draws his own stuff, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He's like, He's like I'm like gonna this. do this. Which is a good illustrator, in my opinion. Um, and yeah, and so Rincewind and uh, I was going to say Two Flower. I wish. Um, I wish. <laughs> Rincewind and Eric leave. Two they leave on the road out of hell, which is paved with good intentions. Um, <laughs> that was a good joke. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I did like that one. Yeah, it was pretty good. Um, and then that's sort of the end of the book. <laughs> yeah. yeah and- Yay! Everybody sort we of gets it. what they everyone wanted. is happy. It. Everyone loves this one. Yeah, yeah, everyone got what they wanted in this book except me. <laughs> <laughs> Best one yet. <laughs> I'm so glad it's not like because I I was worried uh, when I was reading this if I was gonna be the only one who didn't like it. It it hits too many issues that I had with sorcery and yeah. color of magic. And you know, and even the light, fantastic. And it, this book even asks you to remember sorcery in the text. Uh-huh. Yeah, it says remember Bold. sorcery, and I was like, no, thank you. <laughs> no, I don't want to. Um, but at least sorcery had coin. Mm. Like, I, at least that had like some genuinely uh, uh, good stuff, and this mm. one had like stuff that got a chuckle out of me, but nothing yeah. that I think is genuinely like one of his better ideas or more interesting ideas or anything so it didn't have themes i think no, it's yeah. i think it's genuinely less it's, it's just sort of blander than sorcery like sorcery yeah. has some really terrible yeah. stuff and it's got some actually like i think very good stuff in it as well so mm-hmm. it really does some make memorable, you think. memorable stuff at least yeah if you you can kind of sort of separate that out and think of that positively even if the book itself isn't very good but this one just sort of just sort of happens. Yeah, I wanted yeah. to bring up one of the reviews that I read for this, which I do kind of agree with. And obviously, okay. I literally finished this book today, but the review is, like, the first paragraph is like, I honestly don't know what to think about this book. Or rather, I don't know what to think about my opinion. That is, I have a feeling this book is truly cursed. I can't even count how many times I've read it. And not because I liked it, I've just never remembered it. Ah. <laughs> 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 uh, I can remember it pretty well. I've read it. I mean, this is probably like the third or fourth time I've read it. I think the same for me. Um, and I do remember a lot of it, but yeah, it never leaves like much of an impression. Yeah. I'm never like, oh yeah, Eric. I'm always like, oh yeah, Eric. I I read it once in German, and I I just remember it being a very like I remember 
that I, I have this distinct memory of when I was reading it that it was I started reading it as well this is a short one and mm. it still felt much more of a slog to get through than any of yes. the like 400 page books <laughs> I think that uh, is true I, the only bits I could remember from like the three or four times the three or two or three times I'd read it before were the sort of uh, horrible managerialism in hell that sort of makes everything a grinding boring drudgery that crushes you that yeah. that like, that stuff I remembered because that's I think that's quite fun. Yeah, quite I fun think that's idea. that's probably one of the stronger but, the, the strongest elements. But the uh, the Tazumans, uh, Tazumans, I can't, I for, I forgot that entirely. I couldn't remember that at all. Why no, would I just, you remember that? I mean, <laughs> it's not very good. Um, no, I think I I also. Um, I would like to also curse you guys with another review that I just think okay. um, would be fun to say out loud, um, which I'll, I'll read this now. Um, if you like short, flat, predictable stories with jokes that never hit the mark, then Eric is the book for you. There are no surprises at all. Terry Pratchett is a household name, but maybe in the same way of John Green or Stephen King. They've churned out a lot of powerful with a sprinkling of actually interesting, well-written books. Listen, I don't think oh, this is a good ooh. book, but how dare you? <laughs> it's not a, I thought that would book. just you. not representative. What the fuck? <laughs> this is like saying. Household name John Green. Uh, God. Mm-hmm. The, I'm trying to come up with an example. This is like reviewing Lady Killers as a prime example of the Coen Brothers filmmaking. This doesn't work for me, Alosh. You know I've not seen any of their movies. <laughs> I just try to think of one that uh, is not well regarded. Okay. <laughs> this is, it's like watching Dune and then saying, I don't like David Lynch movies. Yeah. But Dune is better than this. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, and a lot of people really Dune. hate it. I like Dune. Dune is um, great, but I'm I... just saying it's not illustrative yeah. of his abilities. This is like... Uh, Fucking, this is like listening to Lulu and saying, well, Lou Reed hasn't done anything worthwhile in his life. <laughs> this is like listening to the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> it is really like listening to the Beatles, yeah. <laughs> Zing. Um, yeah, so this is, this isn't great. Um Let's start at the beginning. So this isn't like Faust at all. <laughs> for for a book ding. that has Faust crossed out in the title and then Eric written below it, the only similarity it has to Faust is that two similarities. One, that demons are involved and two, that someone is being conjured as, well, it's I guess, like, a demon. But it's not asking He doesn't even have to give his trade his soul. Which is like the main thing of Faust, that he trades his soul. But that's because Rinswen's not a demon. He's like, yeah, let me, he just wants to go. He makes decisions he later regrets, so that's like Faust. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Eric is supposed to be the Faust in this one. It's the same premise yeah. of like, you know, demon does wishes. And it's like, if he was a demon, then they would be like, we desire your soul. That is you know, a, like a really old storytelling trope. That one. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like not only fast. I don't know. It's like yeah. it's like someone going on a, a story where someone goes on a journey as a hero and and the story would be called Gilgamesh. Gilgamesh crossed out Eric. 
But I think it's more directly, good, directly fast. Yeah, because he's um, literally summoning a demon to get his goals in life met, which is also Faust. It's it's af- close after enough. The premise, not much. Is yeah, the same, but. It's close enough to the Goethe for like people from Britain because I don't think anyone really reads Goethe here. No, why okay, would Goethe? Don't you mean Goth? Goth. Goethe, Mister Goethe. Yeah, we have to read. We have to read Goethe's Faust in school, so it's like uh, we are more familiar with it than we'd be with Macbeth, yeah. for example. Pro- probably like our Shakespeare. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's yeah. Damn, other languages existing. Damn, yeah. do wait, do other places have cultures that are like different from us? <laughs> I can't believe that, that we've become unified Europe again as opposed to Brexit as we were last week. Um, yeah. Janosch, how did you get back in? <laughs> <laughs> he made um Janosch made Excuse a fancy me, bargain in order to get back into the podcast. Uh-huh, so damn. upon his death he will go to hell. I'm sorry, Janosch. It's not worth it. I mean, if if all of you also go to hell, I I would rather be in the company of my friends than in heaven alone. Oh. They got podcasts in hell. I mean, it seems like they would, right? Oh, they'd have so yeah, many it's podcasts. Just Joe Rogan. Well, no, it's also Pete Buttigieg. <laughs> it's Pete Buttigieg. It's Amanda Palmer. It's it's, it's only, the, only the celebrity one. podcast. Yeah. yeah, I think if you have a corporate podcast, then it's sort of you're headed down that way. Uh huh. There'd be loads of. Uh, Podcasts by like people who listen to Joe Rogan and think they are him. Yeah, it's a lot of podcasts by like four racist American guys who like don't do it. They don't do it about anything. It's just about them hanging out. I mean, you Uh, pretty ironic, right? Like those guys aren't Joe Rogan, but what you know? I I don't know. I think they are. I think those guys are Joe Rogan. (laughs) Who's Joe? You know, like Joe Rogan's just some guy. Lucy, you're Joe Rogan. Maybe I'm Joe. I, I, I yeah, Joe Rogan. I'm Joe that. Rogan. But like, oh you know, you can say guys try and crib off Joe Rogan by just sitting and chatting to their friends, but isn't that what he does? <laughs> I mean, yeah. just more also, really. platforms people who really shouldn't be. Yeah. Well. Oh, I'm just gonna get Alex Jones on my show. Cool. It's a balanced it's debate, fine. George. <laughs> get get me on your show, Joe. Joe, come on our podcast. on <laughs> our show. I would like, go why on Joe are you Rogan. so transphobic? Joe Rogan could come on us. <laughs> <laughs> no, I will be on Joe Rogan as long as he pays me for it. Yeah, okay. Does he pay? That's pretty good. I hope so. He makes so much money, I suppose. Like, yeah, he got offered like tens of millions by Spotify to go over to him. Yeah. Over to them. To to oh. delete his archive. That's <laughs> yeah, wild. They, a lot of <laughs> a lot of the dodgy ones aren't on there. There's some of the dodgy some of the dodgy ones. I think some of the Alex ones are still up there. <laughs> but how does this like heaven hell podcast dichotomy work, right? So if 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 in in hell they only play the bad podcast, does that mean that people in heaven get to listen to who watches the watch all the time? Yeah, yeah. They get to listen to it, but we're not there. <laughs> we're so in hell because we made it. <laughs> Uh, Hell is just a, a podcast editing studio where I have to edit the audio forever. Um, and then that goes up to the people who are in heaven, but yeah. I never get to listen to it. I Hell just, is a podcast. And I never get to produce it. I never get to do this bit where it's fun. I just have to do the editing of like a ghost version of myself oh, who's already done the podcast. <laughs> yeah, see, I want Hell is a you podcast know, people... where uh, you can't ever get a word in edgeways. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh. 
forever and ever. Sorry, George, I'm just going to interrupt you there. Um, <laughs> podcast, you know, people talk about hell being other people. They're wrong. Hell is hmm. other podcasters. Uh, <laughs> hell is um, other podcasts. In hell, the Red Scare um, women just tell us how to podcast better forever. Yeah. <laughs> They're doing a Sarah's. seminar and we have to attend. Fuck. In hell, you have to listen to Desert Island Discworld. JK, we're friends now. <laughs> we're friends. <laughs> oh, JK, get a podcast. Please don't. No, no. The late of heaven. No. <laughs> what have don't I done? Don't say that out loud, George. What are you doing? <laughs> what have George, I done? don't that. <laughs> well, um, it's funny that there's a comedy... Uh, parrot in this i think it's the same parrot i know that this movie came out afterwards but i think it's the same parrot that's in aladdin yeah it's Iyad. Oh. who's it who's he no, played I've... by is it josh gad no it's fucking how, it's... how can i not remember his name oh my god i know who you mean gilbert godfrey gilbert godfrey yeah, yeah. oh shit yeah legend i love I how gilbert could... godfrey is a top as a fully normal voice but he just refuses to use it in any public appearances. Yeah. He has a normal voice. Yeah. I feel so Who's Gilbert Godfrey? <laughs> he just sounds like a guy. There's like one clip from the from one of the one of those American radio shows where uh where they play just a short bit of him talking in his normal voice. Uh and I it's just... like extremely normal. There's actually a I documentary just... about him where he where they they get to interview him in real life, where he sounds normal. When I think of Gilbert Gottfried, I just think of that. Is it SNL sketch where it's like it's Fifty Shades of Grey as narrated by Gilbert Gottfried? Yeah, pretty Damn, good. That's good. Pretty good. I think he should, if there ever was a version of this, he'd have to do the same parrot voice. It's very him. Yeah. Damn, he got Gilbert Gottfried got uh, fired from by by Japan from voicing its duck mascot. <laughs> because he made a joke about the tsunami. Oh, oh. no. Gilbert, what are you doing? Gilbert cancelled. <laughs> I don't know who this guy is. <laughs> no, he's cool. I like him. Um, yeah. I know, I did... I, I want to undo my late... Because the only way you can undo your late of heaven is you, is you come up with a way of making it actually good because only bad things come true with it. Okay. Um, okay. So, JK's podcast, right? It's... Yes. She thinks it's a screenwriting session, but actually you, she's secretly been pumped full of all of the MK Ultra drugs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's like just free associating like new Harry Potter scripts on the fly and like uh, updating the lore in the background. And that's like the, uh, the, um, the, vi- the, the wizards shitting themselves in the past. That's just viral mm-hmm. marketing for the upcoming podcast because I like Amanda so. Palmer, she can't release it, uh, at when it's actually made. It's been several years in the making. Mm. Um, how about she's doing it with a co-host who's like a funny foreign guy and she got him to do like fun voices and stuff. And then she thinks it's all like, serious and then boom it's sasha baron cohen and it's borat too borat and jk rowling host a podcast together please yes <laughs> but she doesn't know because she's never heard of borat so she doesn't realize that she's being made fun of yeah my wife my adult human female podcast would be interesting my wife has two x chromosomes <laughs> But I like how I just said JK as short for just kidding, but you immediately, your your brain immediately went there. 
See, this is why I had to leave Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I've already been that psychologically damaged by it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, Eric. Okay, Eric. Uh, do I'm you sorry. so? Do you think Eric actually learns or changes at all during the course of this book? Fuck no. No. <laughs> he's as horny. He's not. Even, he's not a character. No, he's no. just there. I miss Nigel. <laughs> <laughs> He's got Nigel vibes, doesn't he? But like Nigel a few years ago. Yeah. Because I think with Eric, they're trying... Terry's trying to do like a teenage hacker thing where he's like... Because it's the 90s now. Oh, And I hacking is like that. a thing. Yeah. Um, and he's like, yeah, hacking's like a thing. And so they're always like, oh, he's so smart. He's learning all these complex runes. And then when he turns the runes backwards so that they can go into hell through the circle. He's all like, oh, I just transmigrified the matrix and made it. Uh-huh. You've got go to reroute the, the subroutines through the, yeah. the, the, the trans-dimensional compactor. Yeah. yeah. But- so it's like, but he doesn't lean enough into it where it like... No, it, it wasn't obvious to me at all that that was, uh, I, was, I, was I agree, supposed yeah, to be. The, the only way yeah. I got any of that was because the blurb of this book says he's the yes. this world's only demonology hacker. But he's... And, it, and yeah, then it says okay. he's not very good at it, which is true. He's not very good at it. I would have picked um, a different protagonist. <laughs> Terry is the Discworld's only author. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna finish that. He is good. He, <laughs> he has like two traits, which is that he wants power and he's a horny child. But he doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't even want power that much. I think he just wants to. He just thinks he. No, wants he power. just want. He is horny though. He's just very bratty. Like I, I think this is Terry's like most disparaging view possible of a teenager that he could come up with. Mm. Like he really has no redeeming qualities. He's not. Like, he, he, even after the, but also the learning experiences for him aren't very great either, right? Like, the, no. w- when he gets to Ephibi and, uh, or what was it? Troy, whatever. What's the name of Fantasy Troy? Sort. Sort. When he, when he gets to Sort, he gets very horny for uh, Eleanor and then he sees her and the the lesson he learns is... Sometimes hot women get old and children and they're not then they're not hot anymore. But then when they get get away from it, he's still horny. Exactly. He literally doesn't learn respect women, you know. He doesn't learn respect women. He comes he learns the lesson that MILFs aren't hot, which is not true. <laughs> it's the wrong lesson. That's, that's um that's regressing. Yeah. <laughs> not learning. Yeah. Also, this Teru wrote this after Guards Guards, mm-hmm. which, like in Guards, we had Sybil. So, yeah, <laughs> I don't know how he regressed to this, but this feels like he. This doesn't feel like he wrote it after Guards Guards. This feels like he wrote it after Color of Magic. Maybe he just had this saved on his computer and didn't know how to expand it, and was like, "I'm just gonna release this as That's- like." That's a entirely possible. It feels like that. It barely feels like a Discworld novel to me. No. Uh, Death appears in it, but Rincewind, like the, the Rincewind books generally feel the least Discworld anyway, uh, because he doesn't really care about exploring themes or making the world interesting. I mean, he will later on, but at this point, yeah. 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 Uh, but like other than Rincewind and the luggage, we have death, 
who is in every book, and the librarian gets mentioned. Um, it's it's funny that the idea of hell or evil creatures being just like business guys keeps coming yeah. back up because that yeah. was sorcery, and that was also I feel like that was in another one as well. I mean, kind of in kind it's of in good um, omens too. Yeah, and good omens where like hell is bureaucracy. Um, and yeah. I just I'm trying yeah. to I don't know Terry's on un- like unemployment employment history. Did he ever like work at like a really shitty like probably um, so Terry Terry dropped out of school to work in a newspaper mm-hmm. and then he worked there for a short amount of time and then he spent the rest of his career working at as a press officer for a nuclear power plant. Yeah, see that might do it. <laughs> that might do it. Yes, um, have, yeah. and that is. I think I think that cemented a lot of his brain thoughts because <laughs> um, he talks about it a lot. Where he basically used to come home every day, like basically having had a panic attack because he wasn't sure if things were suddenly going to go terribly wrong. Oh Christ! Um, so, or that he'd have to explain to people if things go wrong because that's oh, his God. job. Um, and that's why he used to write because he felt anxious and he would come home and then wouldn't sleep and then would write book instead until like 3 a.m i think you shouldn't worry about it because like if the the skin is liquefying off of your bones uh, from a nuclear accident no one's going to ask you to explain what went wrong (laughs) yeah i think it's like the more minor stuff like there was stuff about nuclear waste kept getting disposed in weird places like um funny how someone someone was flushing it down the toilet Um, and they had to go into the sewer system to try and find this nuclear waste that had gone flush down the toilet. That's good. That's like Russian spy levels of incompetence. Like Homer Simpson yeah. just like flushing it down the loo. That's really good. Mm. Um, well, my, my point was more that you can see he has this thing about bureaucracy that he talks about a lot in his essays where it's something I think that upsets him a lot. It is um, upsetting. Yeah, so I think that definitely feeds into this version of hell that he's created in this book. I have to deal with it in my, in my my uh, employment, which shall remain unnamed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we've never mentioned it before. Do you think it's <laughs> weird that it's that he still calls it hell, like just just Christian hell with this word? Uh, kinda. I mean, I in mean... in like Norse stuff, it's also yeah. Hell, yeah, but that's right. hell with one L. Right? Yeah, no, but the the English word hell comes from the uh, comes the from pre-Christian there. religion. Yeah, yeah. So everywhere else calls it like l'enfer, but or but this like is that, like inferno. But this is pretty closely like Christian hell in in that there's demons there. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and and they have yeah. like orders like in Christianity where you have like dukes and stuff, which I still think is cool. Well, he's trying to he's trying to do a. It's sort of a mixture of Dante and yeah, like yeah. Um, Paradise Lost yeah. stuff here, isn't it? Because it's called Pandemonium, yeah. which is what it's called in Paradise Lost. But see, yeah, that's what is... I mean by it not being Faust enough, because then it just turns mm. into a Dante's Inferno thing. But <laughs> <laughs> there was uh, one joke that I quite liked, which is like the last guy to come down here gave us really bad press. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, there's because um, as we heard. In the reviews I mentioned at the end of the last episode, it's uh, riffing on the cliche that is hell. <laughs> I still Ooh. don't understand fully what they mean by the cliche of hell. <laughs> I hell don't is, know. Hell is a setting. Um, 
But that's that's not the cliche of that is hell. That is like hell in traditional Christian writing. But like hell is made up, obviously. So it's not like a cliche of what is hell. It's hell like isn't made up. what Hell's the real. oral tradition of hell is, or the written tradition of hell is. It's it's very hell from literature more than the Bible. I don't yeah. know if hell's in the Bible, but I don't think it, it is. Not really. <laughs> No, <laughs> it's more sort of like a medieval invention. Yeah, yeah, um, and folk traditions as well. You can't get people well. to pay um, money to the Catholic Church every single time they think about tits, um, unless you tell them <laughs> that they're going to have hot pokers shoved into them for the rest yeah. of eternity. So, oh, well, you can think about tits as long as it's your wife's tits, and you're going to have kids <laughs> because of thinking about her tits. Yeah, well, if it's your wife, it's fine. <laughs> The the devils can determine whether or not you're thinking about your wife's boobs or a minister's wife's boobs. <laughs> the devils have that software which tracks your eyes so it can see if you're looking uh-huh. at someone's breasts or not. No minister's wives either. That's the thing. That would be really bad. Because mm-hmm. if you let the priests fuck, it would be terrible because they don't they don't fuck now at all. No, oh. they have no. no issues regarding that either. Mm-hmm. Um. Polly wants a podcast. I hate the parrot in this book. I'm sorry. I know I talked about it before. But I hate the it's it's very stupid because he he introduces it like oh it's a funny talking parrot and then it immediately like is gone from the story. <laughs> the parrot has there's like two jokes about the parrot. Uh huh. One that he says Polly wants a cracker just in the middle of things. That's joke number one. Joke number two is that he says what's name a lot. Yeah, Both of them are extremely funny and we love it. <laughs> doesn't have a good was name. It's a good was name joke. Um. <laughs> I can never get tired of reading the word was name. I wish I had. I wish we had more of it. I wish the parrot stuck, uh, sticked around the entire book. Classic character. Yeah, just as a fun companion. Yeah, classic character, the parrot. <laughs> the parrot. <laughs> but stand, of- stand the parrot. No name, just a parrot. Speaking of companions and classic characters, uh-huh. I think I, I noticed another thing why the Discworld books like why why Terry like I, I feel like Terry like if if we consider this as a book that he just had around because he didn't know how to expand it, I think mm. one of the reasons why he uh he wrote himself into a corner with Rincewind is actually the mm. luggage. The luggage mm. is very OP. The, ra- the luggage yeah. is so OP. It's yeah. just a solution it just to everything. It appears and kills everyone. It can just kill everyone. It can yeah. travel in time. Luggage, luggage is just <laughs> able to win wars if it, yeah. if it yeah. wants to, which I think is a bit like... I mean, it's fine. I like, I, I like the luggage still. Um, I like the luggage, but it's all. it also makes it impossible to tell a story because we're just waiting for... Like, it's impossible to build up any tension because we're just waiting for the luggage to show up mm. and chomp down whoever is the problem right now. Yeah. We're yeah. waiting for the luggage to come up and have a snack. Rincewind's yeah. whole thing is that he's permanently in danger, but in reality, he's like not that much in danger because the, the luggage <laughs> will just come and defeat he whatever is the most powerful creature him. of the disc. Yeah. yeah. And he's also quite skilled at running away. Mm. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think, I think that's... A, good thing to pick up on you know like because he, he terry either has to just like write situations where he is waiting for the luggage yeah or write around it where like in sorcery where the luggage just goes away because it gets horny yeah <laughs> <laughs> a great plot that we love <laughs> i genuinely prefer the box that. on legs wants to fuck 
<laughs> but it can't, so it goes away. It is really funny how um, being horny is a continuing character motivation in this series. That's been like half of the plots. I genuinely didn't remember Discworld books being this horny. It's yeah. just the ultimate crime in a Discworld novel is to be horny. It's because it's written by an Englishman. I know. So repressed. Oh yes, gosh. we are. Oh, it's a, it's very funny. I mean, I think I think it's because as it goes on, that becomes less and less of a thing that he's obsessed with. Mm. Or maybe it's more that the dynamics of it changes because it's less about sad incel is horny <laughs> and becomes more like a, like a romance between a woman who's normally the main character and then just a guy who's like peripheral. Yeah. Mm. Or also a main character. Like sort of like carrot and angua stuff is mm. good and not really that horny. Oh the carrot stuff <laughs> works because he doesn't know about sex. <laughs> yeah. And then also it's a lot of their romances from her perspective. Yeah. It tends to be in Angua's head rather than Carrot's head. We rarely get anything from carrots pov because he's mm. such an enigma well if you look under carrots chainmail, it's like looking at an action man when you take his trousers off, you know? <laughs> it's, it's just, just smooth. smooth that's a lie he has a protective for a reason yeah, <laughs> carrots yeah that, that's why that's what's under his chainmail. Uh-huh. <laughs> um yeah and like stuff i mean we got moving pictures which has got a romance that i remember being all right but we'll see but then again i think it also is the same as other Terry romances. I think so, yeah. It's a sexy woman <laughs> who's just like kind of mean, who's kind of mean, but eventually ends up with the main character. I think Good Omens is very funny in this regard because the uh, the the like main romance in that is like such a fusion between a typical Terry romance and a typical Neil Gaiman <laughs> romance. A witch and an absolutely useless man. <laughs> Oh my god, you're right. It's an absolutely useless incel and the goth girl. (laughs) (laughs) I'm magical. We must fuck to save the world. It's like they don't even have to build up any tension in that. They just like, oh, it's prophesized that the world is ending, so we fuck, so they do. But there's no like... There's nothing there. I don't know. There's no like romantic tension (laughs) in the book. (laughs) I kind of respect that. All of them are like a hot woman and just some guy. It's amazing to me how fan fiction authors are better at writing romance than so many established authors. Yeah, no one wants to think about romance. Like, why would you write about it? (laughs) It's gross. Yeah, Um, it's icky. uh, But then I'm trying to think because then later, later books, there is less and less like romantic plot lines. Um, you, you don't have to write a romance like that's the thing right you can yeah this, so many so many authors forget about this that you can just write a book that doesn't have a romantic side plot and it's fine a lot of fine books were written some of the best books of all time were written without um forced romance in it <laughs> but terry doesn't know that yet he hasn't figured it out <laughs> i mean yeah actually i can't think of one where there hasn't been something actually Oh, equal. Mm. Oh no, because I guess Simon. I guess I was going to say equal rights, but there's some budding stuff there. There's stuff with like Granny Weatherwax yeah. and the and mm. the Arch Chancellor. I think about 
I mean, there's Margaret and Verence. Yep. In Weird Sisters. Nigel, obviously, um, and Kanina. Can't forget Nigel and Kanina. Um, funny, co- funny Cohen and Bethan. <laughs> Funny eighty-year-old um, man and seventeen-year-old girl. We love it. Yeah, we love to, normal. We love to yeah, Mort was Mort and Isabel. That was pretty good. I like that. Rent went and two flower. Yeah. Well, obviously. Yeah. yeah. But that's a better one. Yeah. Um. But like, I don't think there's been a book which hasn't had a romantic plotline so yeah. far. I genuinely <laughs> think Mort and Isabel might be the one that worked best for me. Like, not counting Vimes. I guess we can also, if we count Vimes and Sybil, it's obvious the best one. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I yeah. think with Morton as well, they're very like established characters on their own, whereas uh, Nigel and Kanina is a bit like. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Classic character, Nigel. <laughs> they're also here. I guess it's different if it's like one of the main characters, like actual main characters, mm. like in Like with Vimes yes. and Sybil, uh, than if it's from. Or Carol and Angua, than if it's from. Uh, for like two characters who are only shoved in, so there is a romance. Yeah, which is and yeah, and with more, it's like their their romantic plotline is all, is also part of their character development. Yeah. It's part so of it, the main it plot. Works. Yeah, and the same with God's Gods, but yeah, in the ones where it's just like, uh, there's a romance. Where it's do kind um, Tepic and Tracy fit into that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, <laughs> inexplicable to me i don't think that book i know we talked about it i know we're not doing pyramids this week but i don't think that book ever had a solid um thesis on whether or not it was moral to have sex with your sister so <laughs> <laughs> is incest bad terry's not sure you know it's their culture you gotta investigate um... <laughs> it you, you gotta look at both sides would it be colonialism yeah. to tell them to not do incest yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> But, um, but I guess there, I guess there isn't romance in this, right? There isn't. A no, there's just horniness. There's not enough time. There's not enough time. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Who would you have a romance in this book? Maybe I don't know. Maybe o- Odysseus has a wife. I guess mm. if it's the same story, maybe like Pons the Quirm. I'd have done um, the Demon Lord and the Demon Lord that ousts him. Mm. Um, I would have had. The plot line be that uh, Rincewind has to rescue Two Flower from hell, and then that's the romance. Ah, a little so bit of an better. Orpheus kind of thing again. Yeah, I mean we've mm. already done that with them, yeah. but it, Terry's never shied away from repeating plot points <laughs> before. So no, uh, Rincewind and Laviolus. Ooh, no, <laughs> no, that really well, no, because is. if the books are coming Look, down, that it was it's thousands of years ago. Yeah. then why is it wrong to have sex with your great 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 thousands great 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 granddad? That is a bit like the Red Dwarf plotline, where he's he's his own father and he has yeah. to keep going back in time and, give, and giving birth to himself. <laughs> Isn't it also a thing in Hitchhiker's Guide? Yeah, there, there yeah. was some bits in here that I was like, "Isn't this just?" The Hitchhiker's Guide, like with the creator stuff, mm. and oh, yeah. turning out to be really small and then instantly dying. That, that's mm. a, a joke in Hitchhikers, or yeah. one of the. One well, of the they have they have the guy who makes the planets in Hitchhikers, um, and he's like, "Oh, I love making fjords. I have all those lovely fjords." It is much that better in that than the creator was in this one. Yeah, because it was derivative and dull. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Terry. <laughs> the, the, creator, you, Terry. the creator scene felt so unnecessary to me. Yeah. 
It's just he wanted to pad it out because literally nothing happens yeah. in this book. <laughs> I think it just it just felt too quick, but simultaneously too long. I don't mm-hmm. like. I think it just it, it really made me think back to like the um, color of magic, where things just sort of happen, and it's kind of hard to pass what's going on at any given moment. Mm. Yeah, I really struggled with like visualizing a lot of this, which hasn't yeah. been true for the past like six books. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah, it is weird. It does feel like he kind of unlearns a lot of like good writing that he's been sharing in books before this. Yeah, be- be- because because he wrote this ten years before and put it in a drawer somewhere. <laughs> I'm convinced. That must be it. You might well be right, I think, yeah. (laughs) Or he was asked to do a one really fast. Yeah. And then sort of bashed it out. Yeah. I can't imagine that being like especially after the past few, how I don't know. I think it has to be something that he started writing like shortly after Color of Magic. Mm. And then he didn't Mm. know how to expand on it and then he shoved it in a drawer and then after sorcery. She was like, okay, maybe I can shoehorn the ending of sorcery into this. Hmm. Mm. Because I'm not yeah. opposed to the idea of Rincewind getting out of the dungeon dimensions by being summoned accidentally. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. That's, that's, that's an all right way of getting him out of there and, like, re, reinvigorating his story. Re, rebooting, that's the word. Yeah. Um, but, like, everything else. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> I don't know why we Apparently have to nothing. fantasy racist um, Aztec society. I don't know why. I don't know what it is about Rincewind stories that makes Terry go, what if we did some racism? It's because he travels. He does travel. And so, so yeah. anything outside of Ank Morpork is almost always fantasy racism. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like what, what I think George said in a previous episode, that when it's not about England, it just ends up being racist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we're the best country, oh, yeah. so... <laughs> yeah, why would you want to go anywhere else the food's the food's weird people smell and you can't drink the tap water <laughs> yeah it says that, that. <laughs> yeah it's that kind of thing i mean yeah so i the stuff like saw and a phoebe works because it's like i don't know it's just ancient greece stuff which it, it doesn't feel racialized in the same yeah, way it, it drifts on the iliad which gives it more of a backbone than to just go off D- those kooky. I guess also because the uh, Aztec stuff is also colonialist, right? Yeah, yeah. So that that stings different if the or that hits different if if it's like let's riff on these kooky indigenous people that uh, we have colonized and uh, destroyed, you know, yeah. and have let's mm. have a funny like colonialist side character also in it yeah and wasn't there stuff about the them and human sacrifice where a lot of it was exaggerated by oh, colonial for sure. settlers yeah well, in the same way mm. you get stuff like with native americans or indigenous americans yeah, yeah. and and you know you think but you about said like, the aztecs did genuinely sacrifice a, a lot of people like it, it was a big part of their religion mm. yeah I'm, I'm sure it was exaggerated yeah. yeah, it's still part but, of it, but yeah, yeah. I, it's it's hard to know. I think it's the main thing. But like when yeah. you look at yeah. like comparisons between, say, ancient Greece and ancient like the Aztec and Mayan civilizations, you have this thing where like Greece, in terms of classics, is characterized as like 
white people, that's white history, mm. the way it's taught. I'm not saying that's true necessarily, but it's, you know, we talk about usually the birth of civilization, whereas like yeah. Aztec stuff is they're like, wow, look at their funny temples. <laughs> aliens. Mm. Yeah, because Gre- Greece, is, Greece is meant to be like hashtag Western civilization. Yeah. Mm. Um, Mm, the, and the, the Romans did human sacrifice occasionally as well. Oh yeah, like like they like, literally <laughs> killed people. Well, yeah, for not, their even, gods. not even not even as, as a sacrificial thing, just for fun, <laughs> just for yeah. fun and entertainment. Oh, oh that's fine though. It, it's bad when you do it for God. <laughs> if you do it for God, then it's then it's awful. But if you do it because it's really fun to see two guys in a chariot hitting each other at speed, then if that's you... culture. <laughs> Russell Crowe's pretty cool as well. If you genocide like a city because you're just mad at the people who live there, um, then that's just like being civilized. Yeah, yeah. I love Cato the Elder. He he had some nice <laughs> books about cooking, and he was like, "I want to do genocide." Every speech. Uh-huh. Yeah, every speech is like, "But what if we did genocide?" And people are like, "Oh, he's so funny." <laughs> love love to love to Delenda Est. Look, Terry, uh-huh. Terry doesn't say that that would be good, but you know, still no, still no, no, no. that this is the thing that he's it's more deciding to riff on. Yeah, it's more those sort of colonial tropes, yeah. isn't it? Where it's like, hmm. yeah, and there's no real sympathy for them. They're not there. There aren't any characters. They're That's just true. Sort of things that happen to the protagonist. Yeah, because with Laveolus, it's like, or, or with the FEB, uh, or sort bit it's there's mm. at least you know some distinct characters that we yeah. get to know yeah. uh, and like Rinswin can't read uh, can't speak their language but that doesn't mean you can't write them like the demons are literally humanized more than the uh oh, yeah. actual people <laughs> yeah <laughs> and why can't Rinswin speak their language like i get i get for a joke you know it's funny that he he can only read the hieroglyphs or whatever, haha. But you could also just make him speak their language. Who cares? Mm. Yeah, or just be kind of like yeah. rudimentary with it, and then you can include some funny puns, like he does with language yeah. jokes in the other books. It's mm. yeah, I, I like these. This book does have like lines in it where it talks about like after the the funny racist Mayan society gets rid of worshiping Ketsa over Kotal. Um, so uh, funny! It's so funny. Good name. Um, where they where they start like being more civilized and using steel swords to hunt other people, like a good civilized society. So he's like he's got digs at you know war in general, but I don't think it undercuts some stuff that's subconsciously there. Yeah, no. yeah. I think he's trying to be like you know what's what's the difference between being stabbed by. Like, what's the difference in murder? But also, it's not really engaging with anything. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. It's time to think Terry doesn't like religion. <laughs> <laughs> what gave you that idea? It's a shame. As the, like uh, a- the, uh, the seminary student uh, of this podcast, I'm, I find that the, quite The seminary. Sad. The seminary student. The seminary, yeah. <laughs> I'm studying, <laughs> studying semen. I'm going to graduate magna cum laude. <laughs> <laughs> but the the religion digs in this is uh, are also like his worst ones. Yeah, they're the laziest, I think. Mm. There's nothing that he hasn't said already better in the previous book. Yeah. Mm. 
He do be recycling. Or we'll say, or we'll say again better later yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a couple of lines in this that I liked. There were some good chuckles. Um, not as many as there normally are, but I liked mm. the wizards at the very beginning when death turns up when they do the rite of Ashkente. Or something I can't remember. I can't remember what scene this is. Like I literally read this book yesterday and today. Yeah, I literally <laughs> forgot about that scene before you just brought it up. Yeah, it's sort of yeah, it's very brief and very pointless. But there's the bit where um, like oh, death turns up somewhere and someone's like oh, it's death and someone else waves the hand like tell him we don't want any, which I just think is I think that's funny. <laughs> and it's a good joke. It's a good joke. Yeah, that scene was funny. Uh, a shame that I completely forgot about it existing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say at one point earlier that so, like the wizard stuff at this at the very beginning just made me miss wizard plotline. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, it'd be mm. better if there was wizard plotline in this instead of just yeah. Eric stuff. Yeah. We'll, we'll get a good one in the next book. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> what if that was a horny teen? Who, uh... What if it's a horny child? <laughs> <laughs> I liked. I did like the bit where he... Eric is like, I want to be a eunuch because they get to spend all day working in harems <laughs> and like Rincewind and Princess yeah. are like, do you think you've not told him yet? Have you what a eunuch is? He doesn't know. I feel like that's also a joke Terry already made a million times. I think it is. It's one of his classics. Um, normally it's using unique and eunuch and mixing uh-huh. them up. Um <laughs> <laughs> this is a this is a remixed version. <laughs> Unique jokes are very low hanging fruit, um, or like an absence of low hanging fruit. Bazing! <laughs> ah, oh, it's just Christ. like Game of Thrones. <laughs> it's not to no not balls. to talk about one of our other podcasts again, but it, uh-huh. in in the bit I was editing earlier today, we were joking about Varys' cock and balls for like five minutes straight. How are we better than the show? I was thinking that as we were recording it, but I think our jokes are funny, yeah. so it's fine. Also, we're not pretending to be great writing. Well, um, Tyrion, you are very we... short. <laughs> we well, never... Varys, But wait. at least I have my dick. Well. <laughs> at least I have my dick. At least balls. I have my dick. <laughs> I might See, be short, but that just makes my dick seem bigger in comparison. <laughs> See, there's no way to like um, replicate uh, Peter Dinklage's English accent. In show, so no it's impossible. It. <laughs> I don't know what he was doing. Shonsa stock. Shonsa. <laughs> but it's pretty okay. cool how, like, in the progression of the series, you can just see how much he starts giving less and less of a shit in uh, trying yeah. to do any sort of English accent. <laughs> yeah, everyone just looks more and more tired. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why. Well, I mean, not to talk more about Game of Thrones, but Amelia Clark had like three strokes or something. Yeah. So they were like I'm surprised an- if she looks tired. I thought. Oh, that's okay then. <laughs> they didn't tell her what her plotline is going to be in the final season. That makes for mm. good acting, so I don't know what your criticism is of her, so... Yeah, I know. I mean, she's not a great actor. No, she's um, not. <laughs> no, she was good. She was good in Khaleesi's Christmas. She was alright in Khaleesi's <laughs> Christmas, yeah. Khaleesi's Christmas. I do think it's very funny. Oh, we've got to do a live stream. Yeah. 
it is it's all right you know it's done but it's fine um it's funny I but I, I don't think it usually means to be funny <laughs> <laughs> it kind of means to be funny but not in the ways that it is yeah, it's like got Emma Thompson and she's pretending to be like Lithuanian. It's kind of weird. <laughs> Emma Thompson. Oh, yeah, she wrote the movie, that right? Movie? That's great. Yes, she did. Yes, she did. She wrote it. She's like, I'm Lithuanian. <laughs> <laughs> Croatian. Because <laughs> they fled the like the the, the Yugoslav wars and that and she's oh, that like, was it. Yeah, we flee yeah. from the old country because they try to kill us. Yeah. <laughs> funny joke. <laughs> <laughs> Genocide. Very funny. <laughs> Kalisi, uh, Kalisi's character makes uh, makes the very funny prank on her mom that uh, she's like knocking at the door and shouts KGB, <laughs> who are famously yes. in yes. Lithuania or whatever country Yugoslavia. Wow! Uh, yep. In the nineties, um, <laughs> well, you know, it's famously close relations between the USSR and Yugoslavia yeah. Look, in the nineties. We've, we've talked about this before. Everywhere that far east is just Russia. It's <laughs> just <laughs> Russia. Yeah. Bulgaria <laughs> is Russia. That's just Russia. Ukraine, it's... Yeah, you go I mean, two steps east of Berlin. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. I mean, Berlin is kind of Russia. Berlin, yeah, Berlin is also kind of Russia. Half of it. Some of Germany. If you go in Russia. the east bit, that's, that's yeah. Russia. Yeah. The I know it's Russian bit. unification day today, but... Well, there's like some punks like hanging around and they're cool. Because <laughs> mm. they like jeans and rock music. Mm-hmm. My dad loves to talk about living in Berlin during the seventies. Oh, He's like, meet oh, David we used to peek. He's like, we used to peek over the wall at the at the East Berlin people. It's like, did you though? <laughs> <laughs> he did one time, and he was like, well, yep, that's also a city. <laughs> yeah, it is pretty funny how David Bowie lived in Berlin for like three years and then wrote an entire song about it people uh, being separated by the wall or something. It's meaningful. Yeah. It probably was very <laughs> weird to be there. Yeah, it must have been a really, really strange experience. I mean, I know this I know this is a podcast that is about um Discworlds and not about huh? um world history or the mask of the red death. Um, but I think we all just forgot that history is a thing that's constantly happening and things change really quickly over the last 20 years. And now we're just being reminded, you know? I, I blame Francis Fukuyama and only him. <laughs> no, but I think you're wrong, Chess, because I, I, I think actually the year 2020 as like an abstract concept is, is what's wrong and not, not you know, any things that have been building up to this. Yeah, and you happening. know what? Just to follow on from that thought, things will be better in 2021 because it'll be a different numbered year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This, is, yeah. this has been <laughs> the worst year ever. That. And this has been the first time people ever said this is the worst year ever. Yeah, it's not like people have been continuously yeah. saying that for, <laughs> for years the past years. four years, every year, yeah. Yeah. No one's ever suffered before. I do think things are getting worse, but I also think it's, they're just going to get even worse. And even if, I mean, yeah. even if parody satire, something would happen to the president of America, it would be short catharsis. But mm. and and I guess you know by the time this episode comes out, maybe you'll know. Maybe he um, will be dead. Yeah, I was thinking that he's either dead or he's. Should fine. we record like um some bumpers to put on the end <laughs> of the episode <laughs> to see like well if he dies in the next week, we can have like a a little bit at the end where we do we do some like party poppers or something. I snort a line off my microphone. Yeah, but my... I was going to say, we do poppers. 
what if it turns out he's actually just going into um, a metamorphosis and he comes out of his chrysalis looking like the Ben Garrison Trump? Okay. <laughs> I I did see I did see theories that he's getting a nose job and he's just going to come out and his nose is going to be different. Maybe he's going to say like that's some lead brain. <laughs> Even if he parodies satire, that this is just what a parody version of myself is saying. Even if he like croaked it, like how how would things like materially improve from that? Um. Well, the, the well, bad think, man would be gone. I think he would have like genuinely. I think he'd have an easier transition of power if it was someone else. Um, but there's no way to say there's no way to say I could be completely wrong well what would happen is QAnon is going to go to war with the rest of America (laughs) because they're going to claim that he was murdered by the deep state and then that's just going to be a whole thing it's a good thing that QAnon hasn't been like becoming more mainstream over the course of this year and is now not just a joke group of the world (laughs) if that that was what happened then I would be concerned by this (laughs) But yeah. I'm not, so it's It fine. would suck if conspiracy yeah. theories were at an all-time high, but uh, it's good that they're not. It's really funny because I remember saying, like, three years ago when Trump, like, got elected, talking to friends, and we were all saying, like, this is going to be, like, another... You know, like, in the 70s where there were just suddenly loads and loads of cults? Um... Mm. that's going to happen again. And now it is, except because of the internet, all the different cults have just become one big thing yeah one polythetic set of pol- of cults yeah and they're not even they're fun they're not even fun <sighs> no at least at least if you were like in one of those 1970s 1980s cults they all got to fuck yeah. at least they, like, they all no had one fucks rights. in QAnon they were all on drugs and they were all about like loving each other and stuff I sure mean, there was yeah. a lot of sexual assaults <laughs> There was oh, gosh, there was occasionally yeah. murders and, murder. and poisonings, <laughs> but um and mass suicides. But there was like some fun. free robes, um and that was only some of them. There was loads of no, cults which think, were like more or less. Fine. I think QAnon people are, are also like having fun. It's just like they're having fun larping to be in a Tom Clancy game. Mm. Yeah, while also that. alienating themselves from everyone who doesn't have their specific brainworms around them in their life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, but well, I, I do I do like get the get why it would be exciting to pretend that you're part of like secret op- operatives or whatever. Oh, for sure. Like, yeah. There yeah. is a certain yeah. appeal to it. Sure. It's just also pretty bad. Yeah. And it's like it's been mm. nice to have like a really cool easy explanation for everything that you feel like you can personally mm. battle against rather than it being like a societal systemic like global issue. And it, I mean <laughs> I don't know. It, it's a sort of simplification mm. that I think would be really nice. It would be really nice in the same way that sometimes I think mm. it would be nice if I was religious, but... Um, yeah. The same <laughs> way it would be nice if it solved all the problems if a parody Trump would die. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah. But I don't think it... I don't think it would solve no much. Like, I do think it's weird, though, because like they have this sort of simple explanation. They think they're seeing behind the curtain of real life mm. and seeing mm. what's going underneath. And like, as leftists, we kind of have that a sort of similar thing with like sort of r- greater class consciousness and understanding more about sort of pol- politics and economics and how that sort of ties into power structures mm-hmm. uh, and history. But we, we we get that and we go, oh God, this fucking sucks. This is grim as hell. I hate it. Everything is mm. really depressing. Yeah. And they're like, hell yeah, I'm a spy. <laughs> <laughs> I got a little gun. Pew, pew. I'm like James Bond. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hell yeah, I mean, Patriots. <laughs> you can find that in certain, like, um, McCaffrey, well, like, in certain left-wing organizational groups, there's normally one particular guy who, like, believes that they themselves are being persecuted by the government. And, you know, the thing is that like, there might be, they might be true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, like, I used to know a person who would take the battery out of their phone before they talked about anything political so that they couldn't be spied on. I was thinking of that person as you were saying that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, people like people like to LARP is the thing. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, stories are really powerful. Like, they, they, they drive our lives. We, we, we live through narratives. Mm-hmm. Not this narrative, mm-hmm. though. Not Some Eric. <laughs> Not Eric. Hey, this is a Discord <laughs> podcast. This is a Discord podcast. I thought it was kind of cool that uh, Odysseus is like Rincewind's ancestor. Like, I, I liked the, I genuinely yeah. liked those bits that those two had where they were like, "Yeah, I, I, I see the world the same way as you do." I also think. Yeah, yeah it was kind of nice. I think <laughs> it's like finally Rincewind finds someone who who's like on the same side with him, you know? Because even. Mm. Even people like as much as I love Rinse Flower, <laughs> even do. that was more like we are extremely different people, and we find that very hot, and we would raw dog each other at this uh, <laughs> immediately if we could. But like, yeah. it's it's still nice to see uh, Rincewind hang out with someone who's like who's like him, because I I do feel like Terry is a little too mean to Rincewind a lot. Yeah. Mm. He yeah, you know, he doesn't deserve to be in his worst books. <laughs> <laughs> he's not actually like yeah, he's not we've said it before, haven't we? He's not as cowardly and not as sort of uh, pathetic as as he is written as. He's just trying to live, man. Mm. Yeah. I can understand not wanting to get transported to hell. Mm. <laughs> yeah. It's like a lot of his fear is very rational. It's just that everyone else around Insane. him is like Un- unusually brave. Yeah, he, he ends up <laughs> all stupid around with a lot of hero types, and most yeah. people aren't that, mm. and he's not that. So it's, it creates a contrast that perhaps wouldn't be there otherwise. Um, Nonsterquirm. Sorry, that was in my notes. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it's not anything. Yeah, thank you're you. welcome. Thank, thank you. Yeah. Um, I also had in thank my notes: you. Death wears Vantablack. Is this anything? Uh, Maybe? It'd be very dangerous. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> you know Anish Kapoor a lot. Yeah, maybe. you would, but that's what I was... Yeah, I think Death would be fine with that. Yeah, Anish Kapoor can go fuck himself. So. Yeah. Death was kind of disappointing in this book. He was like barely in it and nobody died. He didn't do a lot. I, I don't think. Mm. I, th- I think he was um, in it. Not, not on screen. I think he was in it so that Terry could keep his death is in every book thing. Yeah. That's that's mm. how I felt about it. But like the whole the whole uh death is very annoyed by Rincewind thing, which I loved mm. in previous books, as I'm sure I went on record saying it, and I'm not just projecting back to the good times I had. <laughs> but, but in this book it like comes up and he's annoyed but they don't even meet. Like what the fuck? <laughs> Yeah, you sort of see him running a- around and is like, oh, it's Rincewind again, yeah, that guy. You just see him rolling his and then eyes. And never comes yeah, up. It, it has no consequences. Again, there's bits of this book that do feel like maybe he wanted to expand it 
into a longer book and then just could never think of anything. So there's a bunch of random plot threads hanging around. Hmm. Yeah, things just kind of happen, don't they? Yeah. Just kind of happen. <laughs> this is a book where some things just happen. Yeah. Yeah, it's like at the same Stuff time. Because it's also like there's there's these three distinct bits that he has the, the three wishes that get monkey's pot for eric uh there's the you know there's even the creator of the discord is in it and still he only barely managed to write a hundred something pages about it. like there's I, I i guess we're repeating ourselves but there's really like <laughs> <Yeah>. so much <laughs> happening by the numbers of things have of, of like just concrete things that happen and mm. it's still like ends up barely filling pages i don't know yeah like just one of these just one of these uh any of these locations like just just do an iliad riff riff for an entire book and like go more into the society or whatever i don't know Hmm. that'd be pretty good i think Hmm. well Uh. it won't happen (laughs) (laughs) well it won't happen because he's not gonna write it um (laughs) Why? Because <laughs> he is not alive. Um, like a loser. I'm sorry. Oh God. <laughs> I'm only just losing. <laughs> Jesus. Spoilers. This, if this is for you're finding out, I'm very sorry. Um, yeah, Charlotte. I'm pretty. I'm pretty distraught. Well, I'm. I'm sorry. Death has been here the entire time. He's taken off his mask and he's been in in the party. <laughs> I was definitely trying to think of a meme where it's like an image of Terry Pratchett and it's like claims to I was gonna say pro pro death lives anyway yeah <laughs> it doesn't work I know I can't, I, claims to be so. blank dies anyway listeners if you have a good uh, th- this is an interactive meme no uh, uh-huh. it's you're just not paying your labour. You're trying to get people to do work for you, Janosh. Best. You're best just as bad as Amanda get for it gets a special colour in Discord. Uh, <laughs> I don't. Wow, we are, we really are becoming Amanda. I don't support this. <laughs> I do not endorse this. Um, I'd like if any of the listeners want to just take my place on the uh, podcast, but I continue getting the the money. <laughs> Uh, get, <laughs> go for it. <laughs> also, you have to call yourself George and pretend to be me. Yeah, we're going to pay you in hugs and beers. <laughs> Hell yeah. It's, it's it's George would want also, to I'll inexplicably be naked while I'm giving you that hug. <laughs> it's art, listen. Oh, are, are you not... Uh, are, are all of you, like, not usually naked while recording? Only from the waist down. <laughs> it's more of a pussy out podcast. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, I'm wearing one of those Pussy Riot balaclava hat things, uh, uh-huh. and I'm completely naked, like uh, uh, feminine, they're a different group. Well, as a feminist, I do believe that that's the only way that we can achieve equality on this podcast. Feminine is the only true face of feminist act- activism this, this century. Uh. Yeah, and as a feminist ally... <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I am endorsing this message. I don't know. I don't know how to. Okay. I don't know what 
what a male feminist ally would say. You say, as as a male feminist, before each episode of the podcast, I bleed a pint of blood into a pint of blood. <laughs> just so that I've been weakened in order to equalize mm. the dynamics of the podcast. No, as a as a male feminist ally, I think uh, smart, but also sexy, but mostly smart uh, female characters are the hottest. And uh, yeah. those are the ones that I like. That really gets yeah, me going. Yeah. Uh, I think I can say on behalf of me and Janosch, we both love to spray women with respect, like uh, <laughs> we're spraying them with a hose at a wet t-shirt contest. Okay. But what comes out of this, the hose is, is respect, as we, as we said. <laughs> oh, I'm drenched with respect. Oh, no. Thank you. I, I'm imagining it and I'm feeling very comfortable with the sensation. <laughs> Oh, I'm slathering respect all over myself. <laughs> oh, it's moisturizing and hypoallergenic. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, I feel like an equal member of society. <laughs> when, will I, when will I be respected in the mainstream as I am on the podcast? I just saw a poster for Borat too, aka Bort. Oh, is it oh, the yes. Bort is Bort, Bort. one? <laughs> Bort is but I'm gonna post it in here and everyone gets to look at it. It's Bora hours. My poster Bort. Oh cool. He's, uh, it's relevant. Oh I hate Bort. This it, it is just does, like a bad Twitter joke. It does still say Bored. Bort. So Borat in this is wearing his famous mankini thing. From the first mm. movie, but instead of a instead of a mankini, this is so funny to me. I'm laughing at this. He's, he's, okay. wearing, a, yeah, he's wearing a COVID face mask around his crotch. Uh huh. And where's his other mask? Yeah. Oh, I'm glad you asked. So <laughs> <laughs> smart people like you and me, we are wearing mm. our masks over our mouth and nose. But Borat, the dumbass he is for the fake made-up country Kazakhstan, which doesn't exist. <laughs> he's wearing place. it over his forehead. It's on his forehead, like a like a funny bandana. And the poster says, "Wear mask, save live." Mm. I love um, I love that it says Bdort subsequent Bort. movie film. I love literally. It's the funniest thing to me. Cyrillic as Latin letters. I, it's the funniest thing. It's pretty funny. Who writes mm. Cyrillic in Kazakhstan? Maybe that's he... yeah. I think they do use Cyrillic, yeah. <laughs> Kazakhstan was real, then yeah. maybe they would. But is Kazakh? Isn't Kazakhstan just Russia? <laughs> no, <laughs> we've said this. They're all Russia. <laughs> They're all Russia, George. Um, they do. They do use the uh, the Cyrillic script. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Though. Mm. Okay. Wear mask, save life. My wife. May- wear mask, save wife. Save wife. Yeah. <laughs> we've reached Save the an hour. We've reached the hour fifty-two mark. <laughs> we have reached the hour fifty-two mark, and our brains are beginning to leak out of our ears. So, it, do we have any other things to add about the book, Eric, that we have talked about? <laughs> no, I already said nonster Leon. So, no nonster Quirm. Sorry. See, the thing is, I'm already forgetting everything about the book again. Yeah, so I think the conclusion is that this is not a great book. Um, mm. But l- luckily, we are reading moving pictures. Yeah, next we're week, starting the, so. the good stretch. <laughs> like the next, like, 
the next like eight to ten books are all like stone cold classics yeah wikipedia calls this series of books um industrial revolution which i guess makes sense i guess but it's only because they put it together with the truth and going postal and uh, but, yeah. but even like going postal and i think it makes to me this is this is just my opinion is that going postal making money etc i guess raising steam is the only one left those are the moist mm-hmm. books that's yeah. a series and then there's like you can either call them the Ankh-Morpork pork series if you wish or which makes more sense to me just consider them standalone books that don't really belong mm-hmm. to a series because the entire thing is a series right so i don't know yeah to me, calling it's... it the Industrial Revolution series or the Ankh Morpork series just is just a thing to make every book part of a series. Yeah. Yeah. I people like categorizing things yeah. and sometimes it doesn't work and they're just like, What if what if it did work? And that's kinda irritating. Not everything needs to be categorized. It's like with Shakespeare how <laughs> there's the comedies, the tragedies, the histories, and then there's five that are, problem left plays. That are the problem plays. <laughs> Because they're a problem. I want to... <laughs> Not our categorization system. I am experiencing body rations thinking about the Tempest. Yeah, I hate the Tempest. Anyway, um, <laughs> um, if, we're, if we're talking about categories, which series... Do you think The Watch is a Slytherin or um, a Hufflepuff <laughs> book series? Well, I think what, it's what about, a Gemini about... Moon Rising. Okay, well, yeah, right. Nigel is obviously a Slytherin. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I think Eric is probably a Hufflepuff, yeah. or maybe like a Slytherin. Rincewind is a Ravenclaw. Um, yeah, Rincewind is. I think no, he's a Hufflepuff. He's a Stone Cold Finder. He is a Finder. <laughs> <laughs> Some classic humor for two thousand kids. Yeah. Um, What's up? <laughs> What's Griffin's? Uh, MB- do you like wine? Why did I say Griffin? Gryffindor, I guess, made me think that Rincewind's name is Griffith. What's Rincewind's MBTI? I don't know uh, the letters. I-N-T. Extrovert? Yeah. yeah. Extrovert? Because he? Uh, he can, I don't know, just because he like meets people all the time and Not sort by of choice, makes though. friends with them. No, I guess he's probably an introvert then. Um, His best friend I, is an ape. Uh, what's the second one? I don't know. I am One of them is N. <laughs> neurotic? It's S and N. Um, it's sensing or knowing. <laughs> no, I don't know. I can remember that one. And then it's thinking and perceiving. Oh, no. that's what it stands for. That's so dumb. I hate feeling, that. feeling or thinking, sensing, perceiving. You might notice how these are all kind of the same yeah. word. <laughs> it's because it's not real. It's made up. It's definitely introverts real. don't exist. Mm, it's it's science. <laughs> introverts don't exist but extroverts do yeah i never i once met a friend of a friend um at like a dinner party and spent the entire time yelling at them because they kept insisting that (laughs) like myers-briggs is real yeah it's bad i mean myers-briggs isn't real but the four humors are oh that's the only real one established nigel is choleric Uh uh-huh i'm sanguine yeah same Okay, <laughs> brains, brains this, coming out of our ears at record speeds. Let's call it. Okay, let's call it. Okay, so um, 
This has been Who Watches the Watch. Next week we are reading Moving Pictures. Um, by then we'll know whether or not Trump is dead or alive. So I guess it's a little little Schrodinger's Trump this yeah, episode. Please tell us when you're in the f- when you're listening to this. Open the box and tell us what's inside. Mm. Um, if you enjoy this, you can get more bonus content from us on our Patreon uh, at Who Watches the Watch on Patreon. Sorry, we should do a we should do a quick like choose your own adventure. Uh, reacting to whether trump is alive or not <laughs> okay okay so option one he's alive oh uh, i mean Boo. it's just like boris johnson isn't it yeah, it was always gonna yeah happen. i always told like, it, this is what's gonna happen so i was right Ev- yeah. evil thrives yeah evil always mm. thrives oh, that blows okay great option uh, two trump died hell well, yeah Rest in peace, motherfucker. Um, we should play some funny yeah. songs. Pretty for cringe his death, how people say you shouldn't be happy about him dying on Twitter. Pretty uh, cringe how people are having takes about this. I can't this. wait. F- yeah, I can't wait for the material circumstances that led up for him. <laughs> it was pretty funny when his change. personal trainer was doing push-ups in front of his grave. <laughs> <laughs> Trump doesn't have a personal trainer. He doesn't believe in exercise. <laughs> Which I mean, same. But like, what does he have? <laughs> He didn't believe. <laughs> oh yeah, <That's> right. <laughs> SNL is playing like a sad piano, but <laughs> like yeah, they get Kate McKinnon like on. It's a guy painted orange. It's Kate McKinnon again. <laughs> it's Alec Baldwin playing Candle no, in the Wind on a. It's Jim Carrey yeah. as Joe Biden. Oh my god. Oh god! And he's doing a funny bit where he has to pretend not to be happy, and then SNL gets taken off the air because people say it's too offensive. <laughs> God, I wish that if, if this happens, you have to pay me money. I am, um, I am of the opinion that the, the funniest possible would be both both of the uh, both of the candidates get COVID and die. It would be funny. Biden is negative. I know. Said today, but it would be like on a sort of like cosmic level, <laughs> very funny. Well, I mean, he it could, would be he very student written play about politics. <laughs> he would be, yeah. Well, I mean, it'd be kind of funny if Trump died of coronavirus, then Biden died of just getting like. Um, just falling down the, the stairs in like a fender all of his, <laughs> like a week after. all of his blood just shot out of his eyes at once he just gets so shocked at trump's death that he just has a heart attack and dies <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, parody redacted um yeah i mean we're not threatening them so i don't no, see this how is speculative. anything wrong with saying this, this is this has actually happened because you're i i i guess you're only going to edit this into the episode if it actually happens yeah i'll i'll edit it so we know which one is so the, our listeners get the news from us. Yeah, we reported uh, the news. Yeah, we, that's the news, guys. <laughs> we reported the news and everyone clapped. <laughs> Do you think um, I could get fired for this? Maybe. Uh, I don't think you could be fired for saying someone could die. Because it's not a threat. It's just saying that there is the possibility that someone will die at some point, which is I'm, just true. It's just true of everybody. Are you talking I about mean... being fired from your real job or like from your podcast? Yes. <laughs> I don't well, think they can't because they don't know that this is your you've never said your last name so they don't know yeah and you deleted your twitter yeah that's true yeah. that makes it harder but I do also mention where I live and what kind of job I do but the thing is they would have to listen to every episode yeah. which is yeah. which are all like an hour and a half to two hours long so yeah. it's unlikely but also the, it is like you could find out yeah. who I was. If you do get fired, uh, I'm sure our patrons will like all chip in. 
Hell yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll really start begging that um, four hundred pound tier where you pay George's rent and he stops. <laughs> if you got fired for saying that Trump could die on a podcast, then I think we could get some pretty good media coverage from that, which would really good give us good publicity for the podcast. Yeah, podcast if I could say Trump could fart himself to death from new fart COVID. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a good joke. Yeah. Um, Look, we could all—all all of us could die. I—I'm gonna go all further. Of all die. of us will die one day, including Donald Trump. Yeah. Mm. Henry Kissinger. Mm. He's just—it's a—it's—it's it's not a threat. It's a no. fact. It's just mm. just a statement um, about human life, which is what this podcast is about. Because this world is also about dying. So. Yeah. It's about the scope of human yeah. existence. Man yeah. that is born as woman hath but a short time to live and is full of misery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Speaking of um, human existence, shall we read out some of the human existing <laughs> names who sponsor us? Yeah. So as I was saying before we decided to do this bit, um, you can donate to our Patreon one currency a month in order to get all our bonus episodes where we are writing a book. Um <laughs> <laughs> which is a young adult novel which is actually really good and full of great writing i'm sure i have, we haven't written anything well lucy has but we'll see no bella forest um, is writing also, this book we are just helping her out we're just helping yeah um we're just filling it with some yeah stuff. we're just putting words on her um blank papers for which she's gonna give us a fat paycheck yeah although actually it's possible that she's dead so <laughs> yeah there's been some <laughs> There's it's been some, some on developments that we can talk about on the yeah. bonus. Yeah. But. You can also hear us talk about yeah. Homestack and the 1911 Cardiff Seaman strike. Yeah, as soon as I finish Seaman. editing. <laughs> uh-huh. And uh, also a bunch of other stuff where we've just had conversations about various topics and we've done internet investigations and we just have a lot of fun uh, because our Patreon is just, you know, it's also allowed to be free. It's a bit of Free a of the constraints of the format. Yeah. It's just, you know, th- this one we're doing content. Uh, our Patreon mm. is just, you can just soak in our parasocial. Um. <laughs> That's not the point, but. You become our real friends. Yeah. <laughs> not that I'm any of them. If you want to become our real friend, you can donate five pounds <laughs> and five. <laughs> <laughs> if you want an invite to my wedding, you can donate ten. <laughs> I, mean, I think it's fair enough. You always make me give you five pound fifty three or whatever it is uh, every time I like meet you for lunch or something, Charlotte. Yeah, I do. Um, <laughs> something that we've people... done recently. Yes, I've met you for lunch in the last six or seven months. Um, <laughs> yeah, so you can donate five currency in order to get a shout out, and it's just appreciated by us because you know we don't get any money for the amount of hours that we put into this. Um, and it's just, it's nice that people like it. Um, and if you do, we'll read out your name. And those people who are currently donating are... Slime Simon. Boyfriend of the show, Tom, a.k.a. Hank the Tank. Justin Crandall. <laughs> Milk Succubus. Uh, Evan DM and Rise and Grind memes for side hustling teens. Thank you to all of them. Thank you. And some primo friends in that group. Um, speaking of friends, you can join our Discord uh, link in the description if you just want to have a chat and hang out with fun yeah, community. If you want to talk about Homestuck, or or you can just hang out. You don't have channel. to talk about Homestuck. I certainly don't. Lucy doesn't, and 
George doesn't, but there's other conversations that we have about Terry Pratchett books, believe yeah. it or not. Um, sometimes. Sometimes. Um, so you can do that. And yeah, that's it from us. Until we see you next time. Um, Bjorn, Strong in the Arm is my nuncle. Bjorn Strong in the Arm is my what's Pretty name? Pretty faith. Is my what's name? The Polly thing. says, Polly says, transrates. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Stan, weather, granny, nanny. Mm. Yeah. yeah, Stan um, Niger, Stan Rinseflower, Stan Chitter, Stan, Na- Stan Nanny Pop Champ, Stan, Stan, Stan Eric. He's just uh, like first. Kazakhstan is a fake country. <laughs> um, Stan Death has been with us the entire time. His mask is off and he's in the room. Yeah. There's a fact that Stan is my wife, who's just being banged by my uh, Iron Man Funko Pop. <laughs> yeah, that. <laughs> <laughs> this has been us um okay we'll see you next week and until then bye. from us goodbye bye goodbye bye bye listening to a good episode productions network podcast see the website for more details